everyone, this is Jeff Anderson. And this is Buck. It's still really cold here, green. <laughs> and this is the Modern Combat and Survival Friday Reload Podcast. And uh, this is where we get together, and Buck and I talk about the week's blog posts, just different things that have come up in the news, and just give you our take on, uh, and, and some of the readers' comments as well, and just kind of uh, touch base and kind of cover what's what's happened over the week. And I want to start off by um, by thanking everyone for all the great all the great ratings that you've been giving us in iTunes. It's really helping us get the word out. Um, I was just at a a conference uh, this past weekend. And uh, a few people came up to me and said that they really love the podcast. They were really getting a lot out of it, uh, really great information. And that's being reflected also even in, um, in iTunes. So, I mean, just keep those five-star ratings coming. That's what really helps us to get more exposure and get more people aligned with our message and, and really get it out there. So I want to give a... Just uh, give a call out to HD Cruiser, who gave us a five-star rating and said, MCS Info is very useful. Nicely presented, accurately portrayed, great information, and the topics are right on the money. Very much needed these days. Train hard, stay safe, prepare now. And to Sam's81, who gave us a five-star rating, and said, uh, from, and I guess, L, and he put LE, so I'm guessing that's law enforcement. Real info for, for real people, not airsoft commandos. And then finally, just uh, one shout out to Insurrectionist Leader, who says, awesome, five stars, lots of great information, differently, dif- uh, definitely different from the normal media. And uh, I'll add one more in there, because I only got three stars from Joe Face 530 who said, want to love it, but not there yet. He said, they have some good topics and some great guests have been on, but it just seems they don't quite get deep enough. I've listened to every one of the podcasts, and the guys are entertaining. Thank you. And have a great rapport, but leave me a bit unsatisfied. With the time constraints of the podcast, there's not enough time to really develop the topics the way I would like. For example, in the Evasion podcast, they started talking about the baseline of an area and touched on how to read it and how 90, 90% of people don't know how to do it. They could have brought us into the 1% by dedicating more time to it, but didn't. Um, so, and there was some more information in there too. I really appreciate the feedback. Look, guys, even if you're, even if we're not doing five stars for you, I appreciate the feedback to let us know how, what we can do to improve the podcast even more. Um, they're really just meant, actually, they're meant to be 15 minutes long. <laughs> That's what I always tell our guests. Like, it's going to be 15 minutes long. And then 40 minutes later, it's like, you know, sometimes I get, I just start getting into it with them and it's like, I just, I don't want to stop them, you know, and they're really well, wait, getting Wait a minute. This guy's complaint about the podcast is that it's entertaining, it's interesting, and it's fun. But because the podcast is the length of a podcast, it's not good enough. <laughs> well, there are like, three-hour podcasts out there, but I don't want to do a three-hour podcast. But I think what a lot of people don't know, and actually we we we're going to be doing these a lot more. But it's um we usually do one-hour broadcasts on a very specific topic. That's an expansion of the podcast. And those have been done in the International Society of Close Quarter Combatants because those were like members. Those are for members and they're about one, sometimes a little over an hour and they are a lot more in depth. And I, and we're going to be starting up another version of those here pretty soon. Like I would say within the next month where we're going to be back on track and doing those. And sometimes we do them for free on our Facebook page as well. We haven't been doing that as well. So I think we've kind of been slacking. So I'll take a little bit of heat from Joe Face 530. That's that's fine. But um listen everybody, just keep just keep the comments coming. We really appreciate all the feedback that you give us. I prefer only happy ones in iTunes because that's what helps us get our 
get it get it going up the uh, the charts. But uh, there are other ways that you can let us know as well about what's going on. But anyway, we can get the information. We crave feedback, so keep it coming. So uh so this week was kind of a little bit light on the on the blog stuff. So we're going to go back a week because we didn't we didn't do a Friday Reload podcast last week, but I, I definitely want there's one thing I wanted to bring out because um kind of had an epiphany this past this past um um weekend I was at I was at a conference in Utah and um I was speaking with a lot of people about um about veterans affairs and about how we can help veterans. And so there was, um, I want to let everybody know, let's see, last week we did, uh, my friend Ox, uh, is connected to Chris Kyle in a way. So he's, he's met Chris Kyle. It's not like they're, they're good friends, but one of the people on, on Ox's team, and they developed the, uh, the sealed mindset, um, it's a, it's a, like an advanced concealed carry course, uh, on DVD and stuff like that. And his name is Larry Yatched, and, and, Larry was a friend of of Chris's. He served with him over in Iraq. And so what we did was I saw that Ox was going to do this this special deal with Larry where some of the 20% of the proceeds were going to go directly to Chris Kyle's wife and kids. And and so I, I asked him if I could jump in jump in on this and we did that. So there was uh, one of the posts is help support American sniper Chris Kyle's family and get eight tactical training DVDs. So this was where us we gave a special deal on these DVDs. 20% of the proceeds went over to um, to Chris Kyle's family, and it was great to be able to do that. Um, all in all, we let's see, we raised about uh, $5,000 just from us. So there's more like Ox did it to his own his own list of subscribers and stuff like that. But our own our own list. So everybody that's listening to this that that participated in that, we uh, we got about. About almost fifteen hundred dollars that went over to uh to Chris's family, and that goes directly to them. That doesn't go through some foundation or anything like that. This was just a way that a friend could help a friend's family so um so I appreciate everybody doing that and here's why I bring it up because you know p t s d is a is a a big concern for me i'm not you know look the v a does everything that they can with what they're given, but they're not always given the the vast amount of resources that they need, especially with how many people are coming back, how many of our, our brave men and women are coming back from overseas, being in combat. And uh, and I, I really like that American Sniper really brought out the, you know, the pain that families go through and that soldiers go through. And, you know, I've I've experienced this on, on a much smaller level than what a lot of the people coming back have. I know the effect that um, intimately of, of what it can do to a family. It broke up. I believe one. I, I blame it on one one family breakup, one divorce of mine, and um, and kids that were left behind from that. And that, and that's a hard, a very very hard thing. The problem is is that the 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 way that people are um, the way that the agencies are treating PTSD is in a very traditional way. Basically, getting them to come in and and uh, see a counselor and talk it out and talk it out. And it's it's hard enough getting uh, soldiers to come in and talk about their their stuff. Um, it's getting a little bit easier. They're starting to realize that it's okay to do that. But still, traditional counseling is really based upon how good of a counselor you have, how trained they are for PTSD, when you can get an appointment, and things like that. And that really just doesn't happen. So I've been working um, with several people in trying to really nail down the best alternative, uh, non, non-traditional uh, support support uh you know for PTSD in, in more holistic approaches 
And I recently ran into um, a friend of a friend who has sensory deprivation tanks. Uh, Buck, do you know what sensory deprivation tanks are? Yeah, it's that thing where you float in the water and uh, it's the same temperature as your body and it's dark. And, you know, the idea being to isolate you from external inputs as much as possible. Exactly. So it's basically like being in a vacuum or being in space, if you want to look at it that way. But you have no, your body has no visual cues whatsoever. There's no, you don't hear anything, you don't see anything, you don't feel your body because you're, you're literally floating, floating in water that you can't even feel because it's the same temperature as your body. And, and what this does is, um, it basically puts your brain in an alpha state. When you have no sensors, uh, sensory perception like that, it basically, um, it puts you into like the ultimate meditation ever. And, um, it, it puts your brain in a whole other frequency. And what they've found with this is that um, soldiers have been able to overcome PTSD in just one session inside of a sensory deprivation tank, just one session, rather than 10, 15 years of going and seeing a counselor. And the reason that it, it, it's worked in feedback from soldiers is that they were able to go into their brain and go right to the event that or, or events or whatever the, the problem is when their brain is in that state and they work the shit out themselves. And, and that, I mean, ultimately, even when you're going to a counselor, a counselor is just there to ask the right questions. You're working out your own stuff when you're in anybody that's, I mean, look, I've been to a counselor for, you know, forever. And it's like, I know they're really just there to ask the right questions so that you can work out your own stuff because you are ultimately, you know, responsible for, for how you can how you control your thoughts and emotions and things like that. So what we're finding is that these tanks are are helping people. The problem is they're really expensive. So what we're looking into right now is in either getting behind an organization that has these tanks or purchasing them ourselves, maybe doing some sort of a traveling, you know, like um, you know, service service member support caravan sort of thing. I mean, we're looking to really get this out more that there is a way he could do this very quickly and work your stuff out. So more to follow on that, I'm going to ask people to kind of be a part of that. I mean, we might do a crowdsourcing thing or see what we can do on that on that front. But um, I want to take this really big, and I'm working with some people now to get that going. So anyway, I just thought I would I would update everybody on that. Um, okay, Buck, you want to go on to uh, let's hit some of these some of these uh, blog posts that we had. Well, the one that uh, really interested me, because it's sort of counterintuitive, I'm all about firearms and firearms training, and the post is called, Shocking FBI Report, Criminals Have More Gun Training Than You Do. And, of course, my first thought was, like hell they do. <laughs> but, uh, you know, then you get into it, and the point of the post is, we tend to think of uh, criminals as, as stupid people, as thugs, as you know, they're, they're, whatever your picture in your head of the prototypical bad guy is, what you don't attribute to them is a whole lot of professional training. But according to a recent study on violent criminals conducted by the FBI, 40% of criminal attackers had actually received formal firearms training. I mean, that's, that's almost half. It, it said that uh, 80% of these criminals regularly practiced with firearms uh, getting an average of 23 practice sessions a year. Now compare that to your own practice sessions. <laughs> and, and it doesn't necessarily compare favorably. You add that to the fact that these are people who may have 
direct experience, repeated direct experience using violence against other human beings to get what they want. Um, 40% of these criminals had been in at least one gunfight. And a quarter of those guys had traded bullets in more than five, which is astonishing to me because I think of like, I've been in five different gunfights. That's a, that's a veteran right there. That's a soldier. That's a police officer with a long career. So it's disturbing when you think about the fact that the average citizen defender has never been in any gunfight. He's never been in anything approaching a gunfight. And his training, his simulation training, is the only frame of reference he has for dealing with a violent confrontation. And even if, you know, I, I, there's probably a lot of people in the audience saying, I, I don't believe that. I think the FBI is, ex- is distorting those numbers or there's something wrong with the study. It's just too high. Uh, but the fact is, you know, we know that we have video footage of criminals in prison yards training each other to be better criminals. We know that it happens. So I, I think the the point and the point of the post was, you know, a program like the uh, the close combat shooting uh, program that we do uh, at closecombatshooting.com, which is a great program. I like it a lot. Um, that's really important stuff. And you have to take the time to get trained because the bad guys are doing the same thing. Yeah, and the other thing to think about is even even when they don't pull out a weapon, even if they're they're not in an actual gunfight, that a lot of criminals they they you know we talk a lot about the um, like the the pre-fight indicators, and these are guys that are living in a state of danger. You know, they might have confrontations. They might you know whether it's they are accosting some victim, you know, or, or it's you know gang member versus gang member. You know, threats and threats on the street. They're getting a lot of exposure to adrenal, what we call adrenal stress training, basically. You know, they're putting themselves in situations where their brain is already working out what they would do when they have to do something. Most people that have a firearm and are training with it aren't training in force on force or even confrontation, uh, you know, resolution or anything like that. It's basically you, a gun, and a paper target. And that's, that's not the training that's going to save you. It's not, you know, you're still, you still have that, that adrenal stress layer that, that has to, um, that really has to be, has to be a part of it. Uh, I was just talking with my friend Peyton Quinn yesterday of, uh, he's got stressshooting.com and we're putting together another, another course for that, uh, at the end of March. And that is like that training is, is force on force. It, it gets you, it, it puts you in an adrenal, an adre- you know, a highly adrenalized state and it forces you to, to really work through your stuff, you know, right, right off the bat and, um, and know how you're going to respond. It's a real eye opener. We've had, you know, experienced FBI, um, military contractors go through there and it's, and it's, it's always an eye opener even for them. So, um, and we're going to be doing, a, an interview with Peyton, uh, next week. I think it's going to be the next podcast actually. So, um, a lot more coming up on that, but yeah, that's uh, that was a, uh, I was that was kind of shocking for me too. Well, you know, if you're interviewing Peyton, then that will be a two-hour interview. <laughs> yeah, so that right. will help Peyton. Yeah, that'll that'll get over the uh, the 15-minute podcast hump, I think. Probably. I don't think any time I've interviewed Peyton, it's ever gone less than two hours. <laughs> I just have so much fun. I just he just cracks me up. I love spending time with him at his place out in Colorado. I'm going to bring you out there one time, but he's got like this. Uh, I mean, he just, he has the ultimate, like, you know, what you would think of Colorado, like his, his house is in the mountains. He's got this amazing training facility there. He's got a trout stream running, like winding around his house. And it's just, it's gorgeous, gorgeous land. But, 
Okay, so uh, and on Tuesday we released a podcast this week on pandemic survival with Mike Adams, and uh, Mike is a, a new friend of mine. He's uh, he's got a website called NaturalNews.com, and it's and for for me, I mean, I've uh, I really like what Mike's got there because um, he he's taken like a, a real whistleblower approach to natural health and exposes a lot of stuff. And Mike really walks the talk. He actually doesn't live that that far from me. And this is a person who he's not just like I have a lot of friends who are in natural health because I've written books and I, I used to be a, a, like a um, a fitness coach and nutritionist and things like that. And so. Um, this is an this is an area that I'm very familiar with, but Mike goes through like hardcore exposure to the things that people are 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 eating and that they're exposed to in their environment and things like that. But you'll find a lot of Mike's posts are almost blaze like. You know, they're 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 they expose different like government programs, corporate entities who are 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 working the system. Um, he he has great great information over there. And uh, because you know pandemics are health related, and he's he's very much about exposing the truth about vaccines and things like that, and, and what the CDC is telling us and not telling us, lying about or whatever. Um, he's really, really he digs deep into the research of that. So he has one of those sites that you kind of get hooked into, and it's a very, very popular site. He's got a lot of great exposure, and I, I highly recommend you check out that podcast because uh, he gave up a lot of great information, and that was. Um, that was uh, Pandemic Survival. And so check out Mike's site over at naturalnews.com. Okay. And uh, what's up next? Uh, well, the post that uh, I found uh, kind of alarming because it was something I hadn't considered. The Super Bowl happened recently, and everybody was into, you know, is it the Patriots and the Seahawks. I never even thought about the security aspects of this. But in the post that says large crowds invite terror attacks, follow these three reader survival tips to escape the panic, you pointed out something I hadn't considered, which was everybody was really concerned that the Super Bowl was going to suffer a terror attack. Um, there were snipers watching uh, the crowd in the rafters and for blocks around the stadium. Uh, DHS uh, had Black Hawk helicopters circling the stadium, enforcing a no-fly zone. There were jets on standby. There were armored vehicles hidden away, just waiting for a Boston bombing-like attack. And new spy technology. They were scanning uh, license plates, among other things, through all the hundreds of security cameras around the area. Um, I never considered any of that. I mean, obviously, intellectually, yes, once you stop to think about it, it must be going on because that's a big a juicy target if you're the terrorist. You know, hit them during the Super Bowl, ruin their sense of security and their stupid little pastimes and so on and so forth. Well, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a good thing, although we've covered extensively some of the disturbing incursions, if you will, into your personal safety, like you know, after the Boston bombing when they locked down the entire city and basically treated every single citizen as a criminal. Um, still, uh, these are these things are reality. And in order to survive and escape the widespread panic that happens if a terror attack or potential terror attack happens at a at a big venue. Uh, there were a number of tips in this uh, article, three specifically, that that uh, you could use to save your life. One was um, GPS that you keep in your car it doesn't have to stay in your car. You could take that out of there and use it to get you to the nearest hospital or police station because they all have that that feature. Um, I actually rely on my GPS quite a lot. I was thinking about how much I need it. There are places I couldn't get to 
if GPS stopped working. Like, I'm sorry, I can't ever go to my doctor's office again. I don't know where it is. Uh, um, the, one of the other tips was uh, whenever possible, gain altitude, you know, climb a tree, go up an access ladder to a roof, get up above the situation. People tend to think very two-dimensionally, and they don't necessarily look up in an emergency. So if you're trying to avoid a crowd or some other kind of problem, they may go right by you as long as you've kind of changed your elevation relative to the rest of of what's going on. And then the third tip was a a low-tech survival training tip. Uh, You may not think of running as survival training, but you really should work on your cardiovascular fitness. Now, I was born with one speed. I'm permanently set on mosey. But the fact is, if you can run a mile every day, that means you can put a mile between you and an emergency, which increases your chances of survival dramatically if you can just get away. Uh, trying to gradually build up that strength, even if you're just walking. You may not be able to do the running. Maybe you're old. Maybe you've got bad ankles. Maybe you've got bad knees. Maybe you're like me and you're just a wreck of a human being, um, you could still work on building up over time, even just walking. Um, there are a number of other survival tips that, uh, you know, that we have a, a link in that blog post to the Collapse Survival Secrets uh, report, which is a really useful tip for dealing with emergencies and problems. And, and uh, all I don't want to all call them all collapse scenarios, but the range of things that can go horribly wrong, that where suddenly normality has been suspended either for a short-term or long-term emergency and you're dealing with it now. Uh, so I would encourage everybody to go to uh, collapsesurvivalsecrets.com and check that out, or you can uh, just find the link from that blog post. Yeah, those are, I mean, we've done that a few times where we've had people just like call in and give their best tips. I those are the, that's the most fun I have. And then they always end up being like three hours long. That's where we start yeah, out like those an are hour. Our monsters. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. We haven't done one of those in a while. We should do another one on something. We did it for, for firearms one time and, but I, I would love to do one well, of those on. Don't we, don't we usually give something cool away when we do those too? Yeah. I remember when we did the, um, when we did this collapse survival secrets, I think we gave away like a bug out bag or something like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think I remember there was a bug out bag one and, there's been some other times where the stuff we were giving away was cool. One time we gave away a bob, didn't we? Yes. Yeah, we did. Well, yeah, we gave that away. I forgot what what that one was about. We had a call-in show for that, but yeah. Oh, I, by bob, I mean a body opponent bag. Not yeah. Right. Yeah, uh, the bob, the uh, the bob, yeah, the the beat the hell out of um, Bob. I love my bob. All right. Um, yeah, this is good stuff. You know that, um, and it was that call that got me thinking about that GPS one. Because I have a GPS in the car. I mean, rather than having like a GPS that you get down at Cabela's that'll tell you the coordinates and this and that, like um, I'd never realized I'd never really thought of the my like my car's GPS, you know, the one that you can take out in in that way. But it made total sense. And even you know what we do now is uh, if like if I'm going into the city or something like that, you know, sometimes you especially if it's in a city where you don't know where you're at, or you could get disoriented in the panic or something like that. When you when you leave your vehicle, you set your current location to home, and then no matter where you are, when you pull that out and you say go, like you basically just say it says where do you want to go, and you say go home, it'll just bring you to where your car is. No matter you could go blind, they could drop you off blindfolded, you know, twenty blocks away, and take away all the street signs, and you say go home, and it'll bring you right to your to your vehicle. Or you, like I said, you can you can pull up police stations and. And, uh, you know, things like that. So, uh, it's always, uh, that's a, uh, that, that, um, that person that gave that tip really helped me out a lot. 
That's what I love. It was get some. That's why I ask people like leave comments on the blog because man, we they we get some really great stuff in there. In fact, uh, I think it's probably time to get to the what do you know. <laughs> so um, this is the uh, what do you know is where Buck and I kind of seek out uh, the the news either in our, in our reader comments or or other places and and uh, well, what was one tip that we didn't know or we feel like you know somebody. Um, you know, kind of expose this to or that you might not know also. And we can kind of share that tip with you. And <clears throat> um, I have kind of an honorable mention here. This is something that I already knew, but I think a lot of people don't know. And I'm going to, I'm going to start with this one because, because it was somebody who just, I found, uh, she, she made a comment yesterday on the blog and I just wanted to bring it out. And it was Maria Catalina who said, um, well, it was part of a conversation. So she said, you might be surprised at what this old bat can think of so uh but i just thought that was funny but she says you know that two pair of cheap easy to fit into a pack pair of pantyhose is 10 times warmer than expensive bulky long underwear and they're also very strong for tying things up can be used to filter out gunk out of out of water for filtering and things like that and uh and so i just i just wanted to give an honorable mention to maria because she um uh, that's a really great tip i mean most people even when we when i was in 10th mountain division you know we had um, really expensive polypropylene underwear and things like that, but we wore pantyhose. We mostly wore it for road marching because it helped save us from from getting blisters. But it, it also is very warm. In fact, Joe Namath caught a lot of hell when he was with the Jets for for wearing pantyhose. You know, so he you know he, he did pretty well with counteracting that with some very sexy Aqua Velva commercials. But he <laughs> um, but he was you know he that's. That was the football secret, right? It was like wear pantyhose when I mean, he's in. He played for the Jets. It's pretty damn cold up you, there. You realize that anybody twenty-five and under has no idea what we're talking about. That's true. God, I always date myself, don't I? So Joe well, Namath he, he was this more guy. More. <laughs> yeah. Go Google Joe Namath for crying out loud, and Aqua Velva too. <laughs> <laughs> well, probably still get Aqua Velva. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure you can. I don't think they've stopped making. Probably down at your local Walgreens or CVS. That's probably the only place you can get it now, or Walmart. But you know, it's right next to the Old Spice. <laughs> well, that's trendy, right? Now. <laughs> is it? Know what that is. You know, uh, this podcast is now diamond. Uh, <laughs> this podcast now brought to you by Aqua Velva. Aqua Velva. <laughs> I forgot what the uh, what the name was like. The 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 man's manner. I don't know what the hell it was. There was some tagline with it. Uh, so there's something about a man. That's what it was. Well, my my memory, uh, I can't remember what I had for breakfast yesterday, but I can remember the Aqua Velva commercial. Yes, I know exactly what you mean. My <laughs> my own brain is a lint trap for trivia. The My What Do You Know this week is actually, there's been a bunch of stuff in the news about this, but for some bizarre reason, it hasn't been nearly as big a deal as I think it ought to be. And that is this just disaster about Samsung's smart TVs where they've basically admitted uh oh yeah some of those TVs they're they're listening to you because the TVs have a voice recognition feature that processes your voice and in order for it to do that in order for it to go oh he told me to turn on I should turn on now it has to listen to you to do that not only that but it's passing on what it hears to a third party which actually does the processing uh, that allows it to interpret your voice commands because this technology is complicated. And a lot of people are freaking out because essentially what Samsung has admitted is 
yeah, some of our smart TVs are listening in on you, and, and you should probably not say anything really sensitive in front of your super duper new smart TV. And it was, it was kind of like the last straw for me. You know, we've, we've done so much work with all the different surveillance things, and the, we're, we're working on this, uh, our death of freedom reports and, and the, the notion of constant surveillance by big brother and big business and your fellow citizens and hackers and all the different vulnerabilities. We've talked to so many different experts on privacy and data security. And, you know, your your smartphone has all these settings that where it's packable and looking at you and recording you and probably rifling through your dresser drawers at night looking at your socks and so many different things that government is doing. We've, we've become numb to the idea that the NSA is recording every single thing we do and every single single thing we say. And now I'm on a list, another database because I just said NSA during the podcast. And we're just so sick of it. Like I, I just, I kind of had one of those moments where I threw up my hands. I'm like, everything's listening to us all the time. It's Big Brother everywhere. I, I just tired of it. And uh, I think that's why the story about Samsung hasn't gotten more traction because we as a as people are sort of numbed now to the idea of constant government surveillance. It's become the new normal. And that to me is disturbing. I think we need to take the time to remind ourselves that it's not okay and uh, continue to work against incursions into our individual liberties and to our freedom as, as Americans. I agree. I mean, and it, and it happens. I see it everywhere. I mean, look, we just talked about the Super Bowl. So, look, we expect that there's going to be security. But, you know, there's military. It's it's being covered by the military. We've got F-16s with missiles. We have, you know, bear, armored Bearcat. We've got, um, you know, s- sniper rifles. We've got Black Hawk helicopters. Like, we're a mil- we are a militarized state. We already are. Um, you look at, um, I just went through the airport. You know the 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 naked body scanners essentially. I don't go through those. Those we know that that radiation, the exposure to that radiation causes cancer. Yet people have succumbed to walking in, putting your hands up in like a I give up. Go ahead and take me. Um, oh, it's so humiliating. Raise your hands over your head. Take off your belt. Take off your shoes. Now bend over and kiss your ass goodbye. Yeah. But I, I always opt out of those, and I recommend everybody opt out of those. I think it's, um, you know, I, like I'm all for security, um, but, you know, I, I'm i not going to expose my body to what that does, nor expose my wife's body to the people who are watching that thing. And um, and I opt out of it. It only takes a couple minutes for them to do it. Um, you know, okay, grab your weenie a little bit. That's fine. You know, whatever, do what you got to do. I move on, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm through. Uh, but we have we have given up this. Even even the CIA director, um, you know, General Petraeus said, you know, eventually we'll be able to spy on you through, you know, your dishwasher. I mean, he basically he wasn't saying you know, watch out. He's basically saying, look, technology is coming where we're, you know, we're we're going to be able to collect information from anywhere, and it's because ev- all it's because of technology. Everything is trying to gather information, and I know it from just from like. You know, our, our publishing and marketing standpoint, like, you know, we get information from the Internet about what people are looking for, right? How do they get that information, what people are looking for? There's, you know, all sorts of algorithms that that see, okay, hey, everybody's talking about this topic. So we, of course, want to talk about the things that people are talking about. And there's just, if you think about supercomputers behind all of that, that are that are filtering that, that stuff, excuse me, in into, like, into very succinct pieces of information that can be used in, you know, in any way. So um, it's a matter of, you know, never use your, your powers for evil. Well, 
you know, that's all subjective. What people, what people think is evil. So, and unfortunately, when it comes to the government um, and our, you know, quote unquote, domestics, uh, you know, terrorist program that warrants domestic spying, uh, you know, think that there's a lot, a little bit of evil twinging through there. So, anyway, okay. All right, well, uh, that kind of wraps everything up this week. Uh, so, and this was over 15 minutes, typically is <laughs> on Fridays. And uh, anyway, but um, listen, everybody, thanks. Uh, again, go ahead and, and check us out on iTunes. Go ahead and subscribe to us. Give us a five-star rating. Leave us your comments and your feedback. Really appreciate it. Don't forget to check out the blog and leave uh, some comments in there. We do look for those for those special little tidbits to put them into our magazine in the reader's tips section. And if you do, we have a special little prize for you, like Maria, who's going to be getting a thank you gift from us as well. So, again, thanks for all of your support. Really appreciate it. We've got a lot more coming up, so stay tuned. And this is Jeff Anderson. And this is Buck Green. Saying train hard. Stay safe. And prepare now. Thanks, everyone. modern combat and survival we hope you've enjoyed the show you can help us out by rating our podcast on itunes and leaving a comment you can check us out on facebook at facebook.com backslash modern combat and survival and don't forget to claim your free subscription to modern combat and survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com lock and load and we'll see you next time This has been Modern Combat and Survival.